0: You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up, world? We're back with another episode of Misunderstood podcast, and I'm thrilled because I have literally the queen herself, a Miss America 2020 Camille Schreier.
1: Hey, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, This is so fun. I am far from, you know, the ultimate queen, but here I am. (laughs) Literally the OG queen. There's no other queen like Miss America. Hello.
0: Because I feel like, okay, first of all, this is kind of like a what came first, the chicken or the egg, but I think Miss America started before Miss USA. Yes, it did. So
1: you are like the original queen, Miss America. I like to joke that Miss America and Miss USA are like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Coca-Cola is technically the original. Hate to break it to you, Pepsi. So USA broke off from Miss America in around the 1930s, and it all had to do with uh, a swimsuit sponsor as part of the history. but That's right. Yeah, but... Miss America's a 100 years old this year, so it's pretty cool to be a part of.
0: That is crazy. And you know what? I, so I never competed in the Miss America system, but technically Miss America is what launched me into pageantry because I – was sitting in a hotel back in 2016, saw a commercial for Miss America. And then I ended up watching it that night and it was the year Savvy Shields won. And I was like, well, this looks like fun. I should just do a pageant. So I Googled it, but I had already aged out because I was 25, I think at the time. So I did Miss USA instead. And to this day, everyone's like, oh, how is Miss America? And I'm like, eh, no one will ever know the difference.
1: (laughs) It's okay. People call me Miss USA. People get it confused. And a lot of people don't understand the difference. And so something I uh, have to deal with all the time, but Hey, we're both cool, right? We all get along in the same sandbox. (laughs) And also we like, we all have
0: very similar missions here. Like we're trying to benefit ourselves our communities. We have passions, you know, yada, yada, yada. So with that, How did you even get started? Like, I have to know, why did you wake up and you were like, I'm going to do the Miss
1: America system? Because I feel like this is an interesting story. Yeah, it is. It kind of was, ai am going to wake up and decide that I'm going to do this. In all honesty, I competed in a few pageants when I was a teenager. And there's so many, so many organizations, and people don't know that either, especially smaller organizations and really actually larger organizations that exist for women maybe between the ages of like kindergarten and 18. And so I did some competitions, like National American Miss, which was one that I really grew up doing. I was in one of the inaugural years of the Miss High School and Collegiate America system. And so I had some experience as a high school student competing and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot in terms of interviewing and how to public how to, you know, public speaking skills and communication skills that my friends didn't have and When I went off to college, I kind of said that I was done with it. I didn't want to do it anymore. I had been successful, but I just felt like I was kind of done with that chapter of my life and wanted to focus on academics. But when I, I guess it was six years later, I got into graduate school and I'm one of those people that when I get really overwhelmed, I like to overwhelm myself, overwhelm myself with things that are different to kind of distract me from all the things that are currently overwhelming me.
0: Very special kind of person because I would just like do yoga or something, but.
1: (laughs) I just like to add different activities to procrastinate from the activities that I have to do. So I was in, I think I was in my pharmacy building. I was on Facebook one day and I was kind of scrolling through and there's this advertisement for this competition that goes to Miss Virginia that's like two weeks away. And I was like, maybe I could do this. Like, I really felt like for a lot of reasons. Now, Miss America had just really changed all of their branding. They had changed the competition structure. There wasn't swimsuit anymore. There still is talent and talent was kind of a barrier for me in terms of someone that doesn't have a traditional singing, dancing, instrumental performing talent. But I was like, this would be really cool. And I'm about to be too old because of the age limit. So I'm just going to give this a try. I'm going to figure out something to do with for this talent portion that will represent me and my skills and I kind of called my mom and I was like, I'm going to do this. And uh, I ordered some stuff on Amazon to to come up with this chemistry demonstration that I wanted to do. And I didn't tell anyone that I was going because I really thought I would lose. And I drove down in my little car and I won, which was really cool. And then I guess it was only eight weeks later was Miss Virginia. So I had to kind of get myself together very quickly, wanted to make sure I was prepared because I felt like I had the ability to be successful but really never expected to be that successful ultimately on my first try at Miss Virginia I'd never competed in an MAO state competition or really in the organization at all before and won Miss Virginia and then spent 6 months doing the job as Miss Virginia and then won Miss America in December so I went from like March of 2019 seeing a Facebook ad To December of 2019, becoming Miss America. So it really was kind of like, wake up one day, think I have this idea. Didn't really think that I could ever do it or that it would even be possible. And, you know, you never really know what you're capable of until you try for something. (laughs) Can I ask you point blank, like, besides the obvious, why do you think you
0: won? You know, what set you apart from everyone else? Because girls literally plan, slave, book coaches, this, that, and like you like walked
1: into it and just like killed it. Thank you. I think that, and I I tell other women that are going to compete for their competitions, either state, national, local, I think you win it in the interview room. Miss America gets a 10 minute interview with a panel of judges for any level of our competitions. If you can convince that panel within those 10 minutes, why you are the most qualified person, the most relevant person, And the person that can do that job better than any person there in a way that's not arrogant, but is very convincing. It's like any other job that you would try to apply for and wanting to convince whoever's hiring you that you are the best person suited for that job. And I think that I was able to effectively do that in all three of those scenarios when I did compete. And then when I got out in the onstage competition and showed the different facets of what I can do and my communication skills on stage, question and through talent and all those just different things, I think that it, it had set a platform for me with that selection committee from that interview. So interview is the most important part, I think, of every single competition. I think that sometimes women get too wrapped up into the details of costuming and what they're going to wear and what earrings match what dress. And ultimately, that's not going to make or break you winning a competition or losing. It's the substance that you can bring to that role. And those are the things that I think that women should focus on more than actual wardrobe. Wardrobe is cool. Fashion is nice. But its I don't think it's a make or break in a lot of the situations in a competition.
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, I was a pageant novice myself. And I focused on those things for a really long time. By those things, I mean like, oh, my dress, my earrings, swimsuit. I mean, by my third year competing in Miss Ohio, I killing it in the gym, like shredded body, abs on abs on abs. Cause I was like, okay, this is what matters. And I was always confident about my interview ability, but mind you, military bearing and interviews very different than pageantry, which is what I did not realize. So by Miss California, it was my last year. That is what I invested in. I had got an amazing interview coach, Heather Sumlin. She, is mental management primarily, but she trains with Olympians. So like pageant competition is very synonymous to like that competitive mindset athletes have. That's what changed the game for me. I I went straight from like being a no name in California of 77 women to boom, being runner up. And I tell you it's wholeheartedly because of an interview, my onstage question, my presence, my why, like knowing all of those things. So I'm with you
1: there. I'm with you. I think that that was the best thing I focused on. and um. I think that that was really what paid off for me. And I think that was a fresh approach in some ways because you know, the competition structure did change a little bit as I was coming in and I was very aware of that. And so I was very much approaching my competition like a job interview. And I think that that was really helpful. And that really panned out to be a lot of what my role looked like. So those communication skills and having a plan for what I was going to do and why I felt like I could do the job, I think really helped.
0: So you mentioned you kind of like entered in this dawn of Miss America 2.0 and pageant fans are going to know what that means because it was like all in the press. We all followed it. We were all very interested. You know, there's no more swimsuit. So I have two questions. One how do you think your talent translated? I mean, clearly you won, so people loved it. But you mentioned this in your bio. like You did this insane onstage science presentation, which I remember watching, by the way. And you're the only one I remember, which is indicative of, like, you winning. But it was like, wait, what? Like, how was that received by the audience, by trolls, by people on
1: social media, your family? Like, what was the overall message? Okay. This is a hard one because the funny thing is I won the talent competition every single time I did it. I won it at the local. I won it at Miss Virginia and I won the Miss America talent competition for prelims every single time, which made a lot of people angry because it is so different. Now I, before I came in, of course, I was trying to figure out something that I could do that represented who I am. And for those who aren't pageant fans, You typically only see about five talents at Miss America. It's usually women that sing, women that dance, instrumentalists, oftentimes women who can twirl batons really well, and ventriloquists with puppets and who do this kind of act, which is so wonderful. And I think that all of those are great, but I don't have those skill sets. And I wanted to represent the skills that I had in a way that was entertaining. And so doing the science entertainment demonstration was my way to kind of bring that to life in a way that I felt would be kind of captivating. Now for the traditionalists, that didn't go over well. I didn't break any rules. There's no rules that say that you have to stick to those really five traditional talents. And so I think it was really difficult for people to understand how could you judge something like that comparatively to a traditional fine arts talent. I do not envy the selection committee who gets to do that job. But I think that For most people, it was refreshing to see something that was different and potentially relatable to little girls who love science. There were plenty of people that hated it. In general, the people that I encounter in the professional and educational worlds are really thrilled. The pageant community can be some of my biggest critics. And I say, that is totally fine. I'm still happy and so proud of, of what I did. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. But people are entitled to their opinions. We all have them. How did you get the courage to do it? Because
0: did you have a coach? Like did there people? Did they tell you not to do it, and you still did? Like how
1: did that happen? I literally just tried to figure out something within that process of signing up for that first local of what I what I could do that would be entertaining, and I did a very very small version of it at my local, but used the same. I wrote that script that I used on stage, and used the exact same script. For my local, my state, and Miss America with very different deliveries and the and I improved my delivery. My mom is kind of my coach in a way. She's a lot of stage background and she helps me in the way that I do a lot of my personal delivery on us from the stage perspective. I'm I'm laughing on the side because I can just imagine listeners being like Google Kamir Schreier at Miss America <laughs> Science <Yes>. Presentation. <laughs> it's wild. And if you watch it at I mean the one at At the final of Miss America is kind of a comedy act because I went so fast. I was so afraid of getting cut off by the timer that I speed through it so, so quickly. And I wish that I would have slowed down. But it it shoots like 17 or 18 feet in the air. And I would say I didn't really feel like I ever really had to like muster up the courage to do something like this. It was just the way that I approached this competition from day one. And it was always successful for me. And so that gave me a lot of confidence to want to do it again. And just really being encouraged by moms and dads and teachers, and especially adult women in STEM who are just like, thank you for doing something like this to make this normal, that a woman can be feminine and be a wonderful communicator and take on this traditionally feminine role, but also do something in STEM as well and use that to help you gain your job and put the highlight and focus on that. And gosh, did we not, we didn't know at that time that science was gonna be more important than ever with COVID because I won right before COVID. So I was talking about personal protective equipment before it was cool. So that's always like my little thing that I get to say, but it's given me such a wonderful opportunity to really bridge the gap with with little girls and, and women in STEM in general. And so it's been quite a process, but yes, there are plenty of people that don't like it, but I didn't do it for them put that on a t-shirt folks. (laughs) And I have to circle
0: back to what we were talking about before the show even started. Camille and I were just, we're chatting about how we connected over social media. We don't really know who followed who first and probably me. Like I actually, yeah, it was for sure me because I've been following you since you became Miss America. But I don't know. I don't always just like go comment on random people's social media that I've never talked to. So at some point we had to have connected, but with that, You were talking about how, like, you, so sweet, like, admire my platform on social media with the military. And I said, I don't know where I got the confidence from. If I look back at 17-year-old Kelly to 19 to 20 to 21, even when I got into the Navy, like, why did I act that way? Why was I so bold? (laughs) Like, how did I just, like, decide, like, well, I'm just going to be feminine and not care what anybody says. And you hit the nail on your head. It was mom. Like, along the way, you had these supporters who were just like, Why not do that? Like, I don't care that it's different. Like, you still have the ability to do this. Like, you absolutely should do that. And then you're like, okay. (laughs) And you like keep doing it. And like you said, you find little pieces or pockets of success along the way. In your case, it was something as big as a state and you know, a, a national competition, which definitely like fills that the confidence chart up to the top. But it's like those little moments of success with people pushing you along the way that make you realize it's okay that you're doing something different. So thank goodness we've had those people because without that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that they have to do it themselves and bless those people. Like it's it's tough to to kind of go against the grain and and not be afraid to be different than the norm. So I love that you kind of embody that as the current Miss America who did something so different. Cause clearly, I mean that was literally I remember where I was. I was living in (laughs) Long Beach, California, and I was watching Miss America, and I remember seeing that 17-foot science demonstration. Like, that's how much it stuck because it was different. So it's incredible. Thank you. Camille, what would you say to, you know, those folks out there who, whether it's in their professional career, maybe it's competing in a pageant, maybe it's pursuing a passion, but maybe they're not getting the support from their friends or they don't have parents to lean on or family members – but they're trying to do something different. What would you say to encourage them
1: to just kind of keep on going? I think it can be really hard when you don't have the support of the people around you. But I feel like in, in most pieces of our life, we have at least one person in our space, in our circle, who can be that person who will support us, even if some of or some or most of the people around us don't support us in what we do. I'm lucky, of course, to have a lot of the people around me who do support what I do in terms of being different. But I think that It's important not to get discouraged, definitely to listen to the people around you, because sometimes the people around us also can reflect in a way that we can't and see things that maybe we aren't going down the path that they think that we should and might have a reason behind that. But to find the people that do support you and maybe have that confidence in whatever that you're whatever you're doing and whatever you might be able to do with, you know, being different. But the other thing that I was going to mention, I think is really important is it's not always critical that we have everyone's support, which kind of goes along with this. Oftentimes, it's most important that we just have the support of the people that we care about. And that's what I focus on. Yes. Applause. Because there's plenty of people in this world who aren't going to support us. And in fact, there might be many more people that don't support us than people that do much more difficult when it's not the people in your circle that support you. And I don't really have a lot to speak about on that because I haven't experienced that. But I have plenty of people in my life that I have met who don't love what I do. And I don't really value their opinions quite the same way or at all compared to the people that I do care about.
0: Yes, that is so true. And that is, that is kind of my constant reflection all the time because I mean we also we had a moment to talk about trolls real quickly and oh my goodness they happen all the time and they're always there but there's also real life trolls there's also people who are just gonna chime in real quick and be like what do you do or why do you do that or you tell them for example hey Miss America and they go oh like they're not like positively reacting to you and anytime I hop online or anytime I'm you know talking to anyone about my passions Maybe it comes off negative, but I think for a moment, in that second, you start to get disappointed and you're like, you want to get defensive, right? You're like, no, but you don't understand. I think about how I have the approval from my mom, my dad, my best friend, my fiance, and I have a great relationship with God and that's really all that matters. Done. Like if my life is disappointing my parents, I'd be like, okay, I need to recenter. I'm doing something wrong. Like, they're not on board with this. There's probably a reason why. And of course, your parents may not always agree with what you're doing. For the most part, like, if they're that sounding board, like, they know you better than anyone else. If they're on board, great. My best friend, who knows me more than anyone else, is on board. Great. Same with, you know, my fiancé, Austin. He, if I bounce something off him, he'll be like, he's literally said this before you're going to laugh. He's been like, (laughs) and he's like the simplest man from Ohio. He'll go, That's not really your brand, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Which kills me because I'll be like, oh, like they offered me to do X, Y, or Z. And you'll go, "Mm, that's not really your brand. And I'm like, you're kind of right. That's not really my brand. You're right. Like, I don't need to get this whatever phony line of whatever cosmetic and post about it or whatever it is. And this just cracks me up because those people know you the best. Yes, exactly. So- 100% 100% agree with you Seth. You do you may not have the support of everyone,
1: but all that matters is that you have the support of people that you care about. But I definitely can understand the feeling to want to please the people that you care the most about and have their support. And I think that's healthy and normal, but it's not normal or healthy to want to please everybody. And I've had to learn that in my role as we all do, especially those of us who have public platforms, which is part of the dilemma because I'm a people pleaser. I think that that's part of what makes me a good Miss America because I want everybody that I encounter to have a good experience. But uh, that's not totally realistic, especially on social media. Exactly. What what has
0: been the hardest part? And besides COVID, obviously, I know like reigning in COVID had to have been so difficult and strenuous. But just like emotionally and psychologically holding this title and having so many people look up to you
1: or so many people criticize you, what has been the most difficult part of it? It's been particularly difficult throughout 2020 with a lot of the social injustice that has happened, uh, how to approach that in a way that's true to me, but also representative of what our country needs and what our title holders need in a national representative. That's been hard. I think that balancing the expectations that people have of what Miss America should be, what she should act like, how she should dress, what what I really should. I don't think that there really is an answer to that question. But when you think back in this hundred year old role, everyone has an idea in their mind of what Miss America should be. And so that's always interesting to see, you know, people who might maybe don't think that I am that person or, or fill that role in a certain way. And that's okay. But I think that the beauty of the job is that every woman who does it, does it differently. And that's what makes your experience unique and leaves a mark on the organization that is your own. But that's always been difficult because especially the really diehard traditionalists of Miss America um, have a certain way that they want the job to be done. And that's quite all right. But I like to, to think that I'm bringing in a new age of the organization.
0: You absolutely are bringing a new age, especially like through STEM and, you know, all of that, just, you know, by your demonstration alone, but also just following you. You're so relatable. Thank you. Like you really are. You're. I mean, I told you I I've got involved because of Savvy Shields when I saw her and I, I still follow her. She's the only other Miss America I think I follow. But I feel maybe it's because we're close in age. I don't know. But I'm just like, yes. Like, <laughs> I feel, I'm just like, I get it. Like I get the hustle of – you know, balancing your full-time job, being in a male-dominated field, being feminine in something like a male-dominated field, it's strenuous, it's hard. And, you know, you're out there, you're still smiling and you're doing your thing. And I'm just like, absolutely. Like I can relate to it so much. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this quote at the beginning. You said, one of the things that you've walked away from as Miss America is recognizing your own ability to achieve things greater than you ever thought. And is that stemming from just this this journey as Miss America or
1: did that really start before you ever got the crown? Oh, I think that it started through this process because I mean, I've really tried to strive for a lot of academic success in my life, but I think that I've put a cap on where I think I can achieve in a lot of places in my life, hoping that I just kind of skate my way through and, you know, graduate with an honors degree or get into grad school and just kind of I just felt like I was very complacent in a lot of the places in my life that I didn't expect more from myself because I don't think that I really thought I could do anything more than what I was doing. And that's interesting to think about because I was capable of a lot more than what I thought that I was. And going through this process to then compete for Miss Virginia and Miss America gave me an opportunity to test my limits in a way that if i failed had no negative repercussions <laughs> because if i didn't become miss virginia and if i didn't become miss america i would have gone back to school now if i test my skills or, or or you know achievement levels in an academic space and i don't you know achieve that and i fail a test or something that's not good but this was the perfect place to push myself and see what i could do and gosh did it work out and it really allowed me to grow and thrive in a way and use some of the skills in a way that I never intended or thought that I could. I mean, when you think about the public speaking that Miss America does, the networking, the connections, the advocacy, those were all things that I think in my head, I was like, that would be kind of cool, but like, when would I ever get the opportunity to do that? Or could I even do that? How would I balance that? I wouldn't have even tried those things if I had never decided to compete for Miss America. And for that, I'm really grateful because it allowed me to see a lot of the skills that I already had but never really gave myself credit for and underutilized in a lot of ways and really didn't give myself the credit for, the, for what I really could do. Quick
0: little break as I take a sip from my Clean Simple Eats protein shake. Absolutely delicious. Clean Simple Eats offers a variety of products that are wholesome, nutritional, and offer whatever your body needs. Perfect balance of carbs, proteins, and fats. They have meal plans, proteins, collagen, supplements, Clean Simple Treats, butters, journals, everything you can need and more. And I am obsessed with their protein. Absolutely obsessed. Best I've ever had. I love their mint chocolate chip, peanut butter, brownie fudge. I mean, any flavor you get is absolutely incredible. Check out Clean Simple Eats in my show notes. Use code Kelly Hall at checkout for 15% off. That's Kelly Hall, K-E-L-L i.e. haul for 15% off. Thanks, guys. Go fuel your body with what it needs and enjoy clean, simple eats. Yeah. Wow. I love that. All these skills that you never really gave yourself credit for. And I also love the kind of like, I don't have anything to lose mentality <laughs> because it's so true. And this is why, and I have spoke about this on other podcasts, but I think it's so important to pursue passions outside of your career because a lot of people are like, "Well, my career is my passion," and that's great, but you have a lot to lose there. Like, if you go up for a project or a grant, or you get turned down, or maybe you get fired, like you lose everything. You're like, "I just got fired. I, I've lost everything I ever, you know, that was my identity." But when you're doing something like a passion on the outside, you really have nothing to lose. And that was the same thing that that stemmed, like, when I started doing Miss USA. I was like, oh, well, I walked away and I didn't die. Like, great. I learned all of these things from it. And that led to me pursuing modeling. And I was like, let's just see where this goes, you know? And no, I'm not Gigi Hadid and I haven't made it on the cover of Vogue, but I still learned all of these other th- these things and like built confidence through modeling. And then that launched me into a podcast where I'm like, why not do that? Like if no one listens to my podcast life will still go on. Like I'm not going to lose anything from this. So I think there's like this derivation that comes from diving into stuff in a completely separate lane from your career field or like your academic
1: field. Yeah. You literally have nothing to lose, only things to gain. So true. And I think that that's the perfect way to put it, especially with like academics and career. I think it gives you the freedom to allow yourself to fail in a way that we're not always willing to do in our career, or in our academic space. And I know that for me, I am terrified of failure in my academic space because I have put so much time and energy into that part of my life that I'm not willing to take that risk in a lot of ways. And it's also very different. And I think a lot of people would feel similarly in their career path. Not always a good thing. Sometimes taking a risk in your career is also good. So not telling people not to do that, but I am definitely a person that's very, very cautious with where I take my risks academically and professionally. So, you know, the other thing is it really benefited me, that risk I took professionally and personally. So now I have, you know, so much more on my <laughs> on my resume than I did <laughs> when I was in pharmacy school and saw this advertisement that led me to Miss America. So that risk really did pay off in my career as well. And so that was really important. What do you think, like, when you look back at your time in Miss America what do you think you're going to value the most? Probably, first of all, the networking that I've been able to do, the people that I've been able to meet, which hasn't even been as robust as it would have been in a normal non-COVID year. But the opportunities that I have had, I mean, I literally got to speak at the United Nations. I'm the first Miss America that ever got to do that. The people that I met there, the potential network for me to get a job when I'm graduated, like, The LinkedIn connections, just the the social platform that I'm able to take with me. Those are some of the most valuable things that I've gotten out of this experience. But even just in my own skill set, being able to get up in front of a room of however many hundreds of people and speak for an hour without paper, just talk about what I'm passionate about, the causes that I support what I want to do, my entire story of how this all happened and relate that to an audience. That has been another skill that I think I would have never had the opportunity to practice and really strengthen that muscle if I hadn't had this year. And it's given me such a, such a confidence in front of a group that I think will really lead me down some professional success later, hopefully.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know what? And I always say that like I've like literally want to write like a paper or a book or something about all the ways pageantry made me a better naval officer. Oh my gosh. Because of that fact alone, like just the, the communication the public speaking and the confidence and Getting up in a room and, you know, just like you are in front of judges, like having to own it and just display that confidence and be like, all right, I'm Kelly Hall. That's what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> and I'm going to be really confident about it. All stemmed from pageantry, which is just like incredible. So it's like so good to get out of your comfort zone and take that risk. Were you always this confident? Like, were you just like, I'm um, Camille. I got this. Or did that come from pageantry? Like, What can you tell women who might see that ad but be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to do that competition.
1: That's crazy. You know, I think that it's interesting for me because I've never been quiet, but I'm definitely a natural introvert who has learned to be extroverted when I need to be. I've always been really quirky. And so sometimes I have to like tone down my quirkiness for like certain professional situations. And then I can bring that back, especially when I'm with kids, they really enjoy that. But for For women who maybe don't see themselves in this traditional role of what Miss America might be, again, there's no prescription for what Miss America is supposed to be or how she's supposed to communicate or how she's supposed to act. I know I use the word prescription and I said, oh gosh, Camille, that's a pharmacy term. I love it. But in all seriousness, you don't have to have that traditional skill set. You don't have to have the confidence that I do now being Miss America for a year and a half, mind you, because when I first started this job, I was terrified of how I was going to be able to manage my way through these speeches that I really do all the time. I used to have to speak with paper. I used to have to have everything written, laid out, the entire speech written. I would come up and kind of read it in a way that was engaging. But then I kind of took off the training wheels and I figured out how to do it without it. And so I even went through the process as a Miss America of how to be able to do this job well. You don't have to have all those skills coming in. And part of, this, part of what the job does is teaches you how to be that person. And that's been something that's been really important. So I have not always been very confident. I've not always been the most extroverted, you know, excited person in the room that wants to talk to everybody. It's often really hard for me at like a cocktail party kind of situation where I then have to like mingle. I'm never the person that's like gonna go up to someone first. That's never been my personality, but in my role, I have to do that now. So it's, it's kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and who I am, but for good. And, uh, it's definitely made me feel more comfortable in a lot of those situations, but you never have to be that person. You can just be yourself. And I think that's the beauty. There's been plenty of Miss America's who are much more introverted than I, uh, and plenty that are much more extroverted than I. So there's really so many ways that you can do it and still be successful. Okay. I have a couple more questions
0: for you. Kind of personal, but whatever. Have you had any embarrassing moments as
1: Miss America? Thank God I don't have a good answer for this. Dang it. I was hoping you would. (laughs) I have a funny one that's like not super embarrassing because it actually went well, but I was at an elementary school and they were like, Hey, do you want to, can you participate in our groundbreaking? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. I'm like thinking they're going to give me a shovel and like sit outside the school and like put my shovel in the ground. Right? They put me in like an actual backhoe, like a, like a backhoe that you would see on a construction site, like an actual (laughs) full on backhoe. And this guy comes over and he's like, okay, Miss America, here's this lever on the right pulls the bucket up and down. Now this one on the other side, this is the spin. So this will spin the entire backhoe around in a circle. So don't do that because there's 200 kids to your left and you'll hit them. And, uh, so then you're going to take this other lever and this one makes like the bucket actually go into the ground, have a good time, good luck. And then walks away. And I am in front of 400 people and 200 kids who I potentially could kill if I hit the wrong lever and I have to do this groundbreaking. And I like struggled through it, but I did make it, but I was like, oh my gosh, this could have gone terribly. But that one was like one of those situations where I was like, I'm horrified, but thankfully I haven't done anything too crazy. I did hit when I was at the Rose Parade. This is another one. At the Rose Parade, I had to throw a football to like virtually have the football go into the actual stadium where the Rose Bowl was happening. Oh. And I hit the TV camera with the football. So like (laughs) straight through the lens and NBC was not too happy with that. But other than that, I have survived my year without anything too horrible happening to me.
0: That is something that definitely would happen to me. But maybe like I'm sure they were able to like look at it and be like oh the ball's really like coming at us and then like through
1: effects you know like it's coming at the screen and like boom it's in the stadium you could see the camera shake so that was a good (laughs) it was a it was a real good effect people thought it was intentional though but uh the one job i had was to not hit the camera and uh that's exactly what i did so they were really pleased also you complete the fifth you don't have to answer this but are you allowed to date or are you dating anyone as miss america I am allowed to, but I am not dating anyone. And that's mostly because I have so much in my life right now that I couldn't even imagine balancing that. But if I, if the situation presented itself and it was the right situation, I would definitely consider it. But I'm allowed to if I wanted to. Are people like super intimidated by you? Guys are just like, oh my gosh, I can't date her. I can't really tell. I think that also I am... no. They are. They definitely are. I'm notoriously oblivious to anything of that nature. So it's probably also me not noticing, but it's been, it's actually been a nice time for me to do a lot of self-reflection this year. And so I'm kind of happy to go through the process by myself and not feel like I have to balance anything like that. So different, Hey, there's different schools of thought.
0: Yeah. Also different chapters. I feel like Like I met my now fiance, like when I basically hung up the old tippy tops and was like, Oh, done with pageants. Cause when I met him, I was competing and I just didn't even like look in his direction. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm super focused. I was going to my workouts. I had my training. I was, you know, doing all of it. And then it wasn't until I had my competition didn't win. And I had all this free time. I was like, all right, let's give this dating thing a shot, you know? So it's like
1: all compartmentalization. Not that you can't have it, obviously. You totally can. It just, you have to be a, you have to be able to balance it. And honestly, I kick it with my dog right now. So I just got a COVID dog. And so she takes up a lot Aww. of my time. And honestly, I don't even know how I would balance something like that right now. But uh, again, I think that everything happens in the right timing. Just like I feel like this whole process of being Miss America has happened for so many reasons in the right time that I just stay true in that, honestly. Okay. What is next for you? I need to know. August 16th. I'm trying to think about that. I go back to school full time again. And so I did one year of pharmacy school between 2018 and 2019. So that was right prior to me competing for Miss Virginia. And because of that job, I had to take a year off from my academics as Miss Virginia. And then if if I won Miss America, I knew I was going to have to take a second year. So I, of course, had to do that. So two years off from pharmacy school, and I will go back in two weeks and start again in my second year of four years. So I have three more years remaining, which is kind of nerve wracking because I have been away from the academic piece of my life. I feel like it's like taking a two year sabbatical from work and then trying to go back and remember how to do your job again. So I'm a little bit nervous and I've been like frantically studying all of my information for my first year for the past like week and a half, just trying to refresh because it is so much like technical information and science-based info that I want to make sure that I'm fresh on so I don't come in like 10 steps behind. The other interesting thing is I'm going to walk in to a completely different class of people that I've never met before. And in fact, no one at the entire school of pharmacy I will have met because They all would have come in after I left. So I'm going to have to like navigate, you know, a new social culture, finding my way through classes with people that I haven't met, being in lab groups with people I haven't met, and transitioning away from being the person in the front of the room giving the presentations to being the student in the back trying to learn all this information. And it comes at you like a fire hose. And you have to like disseminate all this information and understand and be, we have like three exams a week. It's really intense. And so I'm, I'm like seeing the Mac truck come at me and it's about to hit me, but it hasn't hit me yet. So, uh, to be determined, but it actually, it's really interesting because I am one of those people that really loves routines. Like I love logistics. I love routines. I love knowing what's coming and doing the same thing at the same time every day. So transitioning away from this role where every day is different, that I never really know what I'm going to be faced with in a day and having such a variety in my schedule, I'm really looking forward to having that certainty in what I'm doing. So that will actually be really nice for me. So I'm looking forward to that and just being able to, to have, you know, a predictability in my life again. And that's something that I don't think I was quite as grateful for prior. It was seemed kind of boring to me, but now I'm like, that sounds so nice. It sounds so nice to like know what I'm doing every day. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I didn't
0: know that you had to like put school on pause or job on pause whenever you won like Miss Virginia. That is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. You know what you're signing up for, but it's just so different than Miss USA system. So you're just like, that
1: is your job. Yeah. It's not true for every state. So Virginia is one of the states. I would say there's probably a dozen throughout the United States that have full-time positions. In Virginia, we are actually funded by the Virginia ABC, which is the Liquor Control Board in Virginia of all places, to do drug and alcohol education in elementary schools. So we spend the bulk of our time as Miss Virginia traveling to elementary schools during the school week and giving drug and alcohol presentations to those students. So that's part of the reason versus like the more you know. No idea. My friend is uh, was Miss New Mexico. And so she didn't have a full-time position in New Mexico. So she had some more flexibility. And it just depends on what state you win in. So for me, I actually didn't know that it was a full-time job when I first signed up. When I did that local, I was like, wait, so you're telling me if I win Miss Virginia, I can't go back to school. I'm like, I don't really know if I want to do that. And uh, I had a conversation with my dean's office to make sure that I could do it if I needed to. Because the worst case scenario would have been winning and then having to restart school. I wasn't willing to do that. I needed to make sure that I could actually just take a pause and then come start again. Because my first year kicked my butt. So I didn't want to have to do that again. Yeah, absolutely
0: not. Yeah, that was definitely – I mean, I had to get permission from the Navy to compete. And like it, it just was this whole thing because of that. You know, essentially, like if I won Miss USA, which, you know, you go into every competition hoping you win, right? hmm I would have to move to New York and like be Miss USA for a year and it just like literally would have to take a gap year from the military, which is pretty unheard of because I couldn't be actively serving as an officer and then also go to Miss USA and live in New York and do all the interviews and do everything that like entailed. It's just, it's crazy. Like the requirements that you have to have that so many people don't, don't know about, but so with that, Camille, I know you have had this like incredible roller coaster of a journey. So relatable. I can, I love that you just like, and, and this is no, no skin off the back of people who have been dreaming of being Miss America since they were two years old. But I love that you saw an ad and <laughs> you like pursued it and you became Miss America and you're just, you're so relatable and incredible. But I have to end on this note that. You've said this already. A lot of people have this like perception of what Miss America should be or how you should act or how you should dress or how you should be online. What would you say to them? What do you think is very misunderstood behind being
1: Miss America to you? That's a really good question. And there's a lot of things that are misunderstood, but I think to really sum it up, the job is misunderstood. Okay. There you go. From the public perception of of what my job really looks like still is really viewed as the beauty queen in a parade with a crown on her head that doesn't really say much and just waves. That's the public general perception of what I do. And that's, I think, really, you know, strung on by media perception and, and movies and the way that any type of a pageant is ever portrayed as like the ditzy girl with a crown on that just waves. And that couldn't be farther from the truth of what I do. I think the job of Miss America, really now, at least in, in my experience, is like being a professional speaker. Maybe a professional speaker meets a politician at the same time because you're doing advocacy and you're speaking about it. You are interacting with high-level you know, political figures, uh, corporate figures, and you have to be able to sell yourself and what's important to you very quickly and convincingly and that is really what the job of miss america is it's making every person that you f- meet feel like the most important person in the room whether they are or they aren't but also having this ability to communicate and it's so much more than that waving in the parade figure do i do parades yes but it's like 0.5% of what my actual reality as miss america is the reality of what i do is speaking and communicating and so that is the most misunderstood part of what I do and it was really interesting because I don't know if you saw that Dick Sporting Goods commercial recently for the Olympics that used it used the song There She Is as the background track and it was interesting because the caption talked about defying outdated ideals of femininity and I was like oh so you're going to use There She Is as the way to compare that and there were mixed reviews of it I felt like it was a little bit of a dig because I constantly have to fight this perception that Miss America is this outdated organization that is just focused on beauty and why would you do that? I I literally had to fight with a reporter one time to convince her that I wasn't judged on my appearance. And I'm like, the judging criteria has changed. And it took me probably 20 to 30 minutes for this woman to understand that my job wasn't based on what I looked like. And I still have to do that convincing in so much of what I do every day. And of course, in every role that we apply for, every job that we interview for, there's a certain level of personal presentation that's important that's outside of what our physical beauty is. And that's important in every role. But I still have to convince people and explain the depth of what the role is. And so I think that that is the biggest misperception because it has changed so much over time. That the role of Miss America has changed, but it's a really hard job in terms of managing social media. You know, making time for myself. I write my own speeches. I put together my own wardrobe. I coordinate a lot of what my life looks like as Miss America. So it's a huge amount of responsibility, and that I think is the generalized piece that people don't understand, that I'm just a princess and it's so much more than that.
0: You know what? I am ignorant and I actually thought you would say something else, but this is still, still the most relevant thing you could say because it's still an issue. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like no matter what, like whether it's five years ago when I get into pageantry or now it's 2021 – I hate that it's still an issue and that you're still like trying to convince the world. One of the most frustrating things is talking to a person and seeing their reaction when you tell them they've, that you've been in a pageant before. And you can just tell they're judging you because immediately their mind is going toward the archaic version of like what pageantry is. And I heard this quote. Do you watch Ted Lasso? It's on Apple. I don't. You absolutely need to watch it. It's the most positive thing. Shout out to Ted Lasso. It's amazing. But there's this quote that stuck with me. And he says, I think it's by Walt Whitman. It's be curious, not judgmental. And he's like, because when you're being judgmental, you're not asking questions. You're making assumptions. And when you're curious, you're asking those questions. And you're learning. And you're digging. and You're finding out why that is the way that it is. But we're so quick to just judge, and I really walked away from that because I feel like that's exactly one pageantry and like women who compete in it, especially the women who do well in it. Two, that's absolutely my life. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, this, you can see people who look at you and you say like, "Oh, I competed in Miss California," and their face is judgment. And instead of asking, "Oh, like why or how did you grow from that?" or you know, tell me a little bit about that process and. As soon as the person who asks you those questions hears your answer, they're like, wow, I had no idea. But the judgmental people don't even ask those questions. So I can't not encourage that enough. Like, don't be judgmental, like be curious. And maybe you'll learn from someone like Miss America herself, <laughs> who is out there. Like, I feel like if this reporter read your resume. How could she ever ask if you were judged off
1: your beauty alone? Like your resume speaks from itself. Like, come on. What I will say is that my favorite part of the job is changing people's perceptions. And there are a lot of people that are curious. I have to give them that because there is the group of people that are judgmental. And you can't usually change their minds and that's fine. But if you do, then that's a win. But there are a lot of people that either are they misunderstand and they are curious that was a perfect example of educating this, this reporter from this paper about what the role really was. And I think the headline ended up saying, Miss Virginia isn't a beauty pageant anymore. And I was like, done, because that was literally the entire point of what I did. And I had to convince her that what her perception was, maybe was accurate at one time, but wasn't accurate in my situation. And the interesting thing as well is that every Miss America has faced these misconceptions about what the job is. This is not new to me, and I'm not the first one dispelling these misconceptions. It's part of the role. And I think that a lot of Miss Americas would feel similarly in being able to change those perceptions and having that be so rewarding for the public to then finally understand what our job really is and why it's important. And also why it's relevant, because people don't see the relevance in it in some ways, especially the critics. They don't understand why a professional might decide to take a sabbatical and and do this for a year or two if it's COVID. And that's some of the best work that I get to do.
0: Wow. I absolutely love it. I'm just like, Praying that, and I'm sure this will happen, but I'll have other listeners besides like the pageant fans and queens and followers and all of those. Like, I know I'll have those, and we love you guys. Thank you so much. But this is just like another example of like an opportunity to change that perception because people are going to be blown away by you. You are. So incredible. I just wish so badly we lived in the same city. So we could just like (laughs) be friends and hang out and empower each other. But I'll just keep doing it virtually,
1: cheering you on. How can everyone find you and keep cheering you on online? So I am on pretty much every social media network. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, newly on TikTok, and you can just find me at Camille Schreier, my first and last name together. And then I also have a website, which is com. So if you want me to come to your event or want to reach out to me, I have a bookings page on there and you can find my contact info on there as well. I'm going to book you just to hang out with you. Sure. Do it. Like,
0: Give me words of wisdom, Camille. I need it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, good luck in school. Go crush it. Pharmacy, here we come. I'm sure everything is going to come screaming back to you. And truly, thank you so much for this time you've spent as Miss America. It's been so wonderful watching you. You've shown so much grace just online and your appearances of what you've done. And you truly have left a mark on so many during this time of your reign. So thank you. I'm cheering for you. Thank you, Kelly. I'm going to need all the luck I can get back at school. (laughs) You don't need luck, but I will send you prayers. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify.